Welcome to Fundamentally Drained Podcast with your hosts, Father Everett Lees, Father Tom Dahlman, and Justin Dixon. Three Christians exploring Christianity from a perspective other than the fundamental view from which we have become fundamentally drained. We'll begin the conversation, and you take it from there. Today we uh, revisit... Let it uh, burn was, I think, the name, the title of this. I guess I should have looked at that before we started. <laughs> uh, very organized here today, um, and so this is uh, Let It Burn Part Two, and we're kind of been discussing where we want to go with this. On Part One, we talked about um, Christians who ignore uh, Tom's wonderful phrase uh, in environmental degradation. Ding, good word, good phrase, Tom. Um, ignoring climate change, uh, self-care. Um, that goes to the place of maybe the Tom talked about also scars remaining um, in the second coming and so on uh, when heaven comes to earth. And um, how these things, like letting these things go, uh, people believe that it can actually usher in the second coming. And so... Um, you know, it's kind of there are people read the Bible as there are different signs that take place, and, and uh, maybe you have a checklist of, well, this has happened, and this has happened, and this has happened, and if we can just get this to happen, then the second coming will occur, everyone will be okay, we'll float away to a cloud, and oh, I can forget everything that has happened here. And uh, from what we talked about on the last episode, that's not necessarily what our interpretations of the biblical narrative uh, paints, and uh, so we've gone a different direction. And so, listen to part one if you haven't, but um, we're kind of talking about today about how do we as Christians separate ourselves from, we talked about like the political side of this, and and, um, um, so how do we separate ourselves from the political side or also from corrupt systems? Um, that participate in this environmental degradation, uh, then also, or, or how do we go out and, and, and um, speak to them, you know, in a, I'll just say, prophetic manner, maybe that's too, reaching too far, but something to call them back into, hey, we can't do this, you know, this is, this is creation, this is, you know, uh, uh, something that we need to participate in saving, and, um, and then also, Maybe what do we want to say to these people, to these Christians, our brothers and sisters, who participate in this? So I'm going to throw that little um, <laughs> question, set of questions out on the floor and see who picks it up first. Mm, go. <laughs> um, geez, where to start? Um <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, so I think the, that one of the things that's helpful to me when I do new member classes and we talk about sort of social witness, hmm, okay. that a lot of times when Christians talk about social witness, it seems to come from a, a, a partisan point of view. And so the the Christian left or the Christian right, it, 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 it can sometimes appear, rightly or wrongly, that they believe that their job or their duty is to prop up whichever candidate that tends to support them. Mm. And, mm. And, and I think that the place to start 
is to really focus on, well, what's the vision and the calling um, of Christian witness? And then how do we, then understanding our witness or understanding, you know, how Christians are called to live their life, then we ask the question, okay, so, so in our secular politics, how does that work? And, and this is where I sort of kind of disagree with some folks, um, is, is that for me, I think there's wider latitude there, um, you know, I, I, you know, what, what might make sense, say, in the secular politics of New York City may be different than the secular politics um, of, say, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Or okay. what makes sense in the secular politics in America may not make sense in the secular politics of, say, um, you know, Egypt. Right, right. Okay. So can you sum up your main question in one sentence, Justin? How do we participate in the renewal of creation while bringing others into the same mind so that we could all work towards one goal? How do we participate in the renewal of creation by and bring others into the same mindset sure <laughs> oh man gosh i don't think we can oh okay why not i mean we're never well we just have so many people the let it burn folks that you know the even kind of unfairly or fairly most of the evangelical world will say sure um I mean, you'd have to change their theology before you could engage right. them. I mean, right? But I'm gonna, I, you know, I, I think I, you know, I think there is, I, I, and I think that there is a reactionary sort of response, particularly in our country, as we become more and more polarized. But, but if you really dig into polls and you ask people, what, what is your what's your belief on this or what's your belief on this? There's a whole lot more sort of crossover and agreement um, than um, the political experts would like for us to believe that there is. Mm. So if you went, yeah. you asked, if you asked most people like, do you think that more pollution or, or less pollution is better? <laughs> and, and most people can say, well, less pollution is better. Right. Um, what do you, you know, what, you know, I mean, do you think that, you know, recycling is good? And most people say, yeah, recycling is good. Um, now, there might be some places where we frankly just disagree. I mean, um, you know, if you are, uh, if you live in Oklahoma and you're involved in the oil and gas industry, mm -hmm. um, you have a unique insight into that industry and, Set and go, well, you know, I mean, being able to completely eliminate fossil fuels may not be necessarily the best thing. Um, and we kind of have like, a, we, we kind of create caricatures of like every oil and gas executive is like Mr. Burns from The Simpsons, but that's really <laughs> not a 
I, I mean, I don't think overall that's really a very fair um, caricature um, uh, of, of folks. Hmm. Okay. Who's playing with their rosary? <laughs> I can hear. <laughs> I don't know what that is. No, I'm just funny. It sounds like someone's uh, has a rosary in their hand. <laughs> okay. Um, so, you know that I, I, I agree because it's like, you know, we're, we're not going to walk and flip a switch and everything's going to be, working towards renewal right um and so in the same way as tom kind of uh, as we just mentioned it's like how do we move towards a um working towards the same goal and that would be something that you would change the theology so if that is the case what would you you know and, and where would you begin with that i mean if we're if if there are um you know evangelicals fundamentalists whatever listening what would you want to say to them to begin this conversation? Do you have that, Tom? Well, I would say we've been here before. This is not a new conversation. Okay. At the time of the Re- Reformation, for example, in England... They were concerned had, about climate change? <laughs> well, no. But you had the Rome, like the Roman Catholic end of the spectrum saying that all these human laws... And that's really what we're talking about is human laws um, and how do we participate in this bigger um, framework of government and bring about the renewal of creation. Because the real renewal and change has to happen on a big level. If these are, and we're asking how do we take a part, how do we take part in this without becoming part of the problem? How do we take part in it without becoming purely political, which is a dumb question to ask because we're always political if according to the old definition of it. Yeah. Right. Of the word. But so in England during the Reformation, the Ro- I mean the Roman Catholics who were pushing kind of the divine right of kings, they were saying um, law, the law of the land essentially dropped out of heaven. And And the Puritans were saying the opposite, the other extreme, which is um, all law is up for grabs. And then the Anglican, specifically Richard Hooker, was coming along and saying neither of those are correct. And so from from our perspective, and he talked about, um, if you want to read his essays on laws, but he talked about you have divine law, human law, law of reason. There's a natural law. There's an eternal law. Some things are changing, but all from the Christian perspective, it should always be about what the Greeks called theosis, mm-hmm. or we've talked about it here, moving towards God, moving into God's nature. And so I guess that's where I would start because I'm the history guy. I'm all about context. That. Right. Um, there has to be a middle way where we can look at creation and maybe you start with um, Genesis and just talk about that word dominion. What does yeah. that mean? Right. Or you could talk about Revelation, I think it's eighteen eleven, where it says, at the end of all things, God will punish those who have not cared for the earth. 
So um, I just think we need to, I think the problem in a sense is that we've been too political, but the problem is also maybe the Republic. Do you mean part, too, par- too partisan par- or too, too partisan? Too partisan. Right now there's a large segments of the Christian church, both on the right and the left, who won't countenance any ideas that aren't a part of their their chosen, as Everett said, their chosen party's platform. Well, and, and, we, and, and we should and, be standing outside of that. Right. Right. And I think that you can, I mean, you know, I, I, I haven't seen the entire context of the, the comment, but, you know, you have um, a few weeks ago, Bernie Sanders, you know, suggesting that um, the U.S. needs to be paying for abortions uh, to help with climate change. Um, and, and so it, it the, the whole conversation is really complicated um, by the fact of what, what, what vision is really drawing or driving our imagination. And I think that if, as Tom says, if we really kind of focus, okay, so what's the Christian calling in Genesis? What is, what's the future vision and revelation of a new earth and new heavens? Um, if we can start there, and then we, we, we ask people, like, where you are right now, what can you do to make a little bit of change? Hmm. Right. Um, I think, Tom, you'll correct me. Please correct me here. Um, theosis. Uh, mm-hmm. I want to say that in um, After We Believe, that is the continual uh, word that uh, Wright brings up as the yes. goal. Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. So you know, and, and what I heard both of you just say <laughs> is, we need to start from the beginning. The goal has been lost. There is. I mean, if you have like no, if you're an organization, I don't mean to go into this part, but it makes sense, I think. And you have no goal, then what are you doing? You're flying around, and no one knows what's going on, right? And and until you have uh, and a goal that is shared, um, then you're just different sanctions, different sections, whatever. Um, uh, sorry, that was the wrong word. <laughs> different sex, uh, just doing whatever they want because that's what they think the goal is. And so it's almost we need to go back to the beginning. As you said, uh, Tom, There's discuss what dominion, right? What does it mean to subdue the earth? And as on the last episode, I talked about the junkyard dog <laughs> being subdued into chokehold by whoever the other guy was. <laughs> and that's not it. It's something that we are, um, and as you flow through the narrative, we are part of a um, keepers and uh, part of the royal priesthood uh, which was commissioned at, at uh, Sinai as well as in the, in the uh, uh, creation story. And we are to care for the earth, which is not something that is done by letting it, you know, disappear. And, and, I, and I think that, <laughs> I, I think if we're, and, I, and this is something I touched, touched on last time, and I think if we're a little bit honest, that most of the things that we attempt to do really are things that just make us feel better right, right, that don't right. actually have uh, an end result. So the person goes out and buys the hybrid. Well, 
It's not that buying a hybrid is wrong or a bad choice, but the actually environmentally uh, positive thing would be is to continue to drive your car until the wheels fall off. Right. So there's so um, many options. And, let me jump in. Right. With... And like, let me let me let me just say this okay. one. In right. cities where like so one of the big things, oh, we need a we need to ban single use plastic bags in the grocery store. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, environmentally speaking, it is a whole it is it produces a whole lot less greenhouse gas to 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 use single use um, plastic grocery sacks than it does other kinds. So it's 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 generally the most environmentally friendly. The other thing they found out is in cities where um, those have been banned, um, trash bag sales skyrocket. And oh, so wow. what they're beginning to realize is is that most people who get these you know sacks from Walmart or Reese's or whatever tend to reuse them a lot. Mm, and, right. Makes sense. And 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 so you're not just getting one use out of them. You might be getting you know, a couple of uses out of them. Right. And so the desire, so, so we're going to go and we're going to ban this thing because we feel like we're feeling better about our decisions, but are we really actually contributing to a solution? And I'm not sure that we are. Which makes me but, go back to what Tom said a minute ago is like, how do you, you know, to my, give me one question. And I gave him a question. He's like, I don't know. <laughs> you know, because there's so many options and to, follow down the rabbit trail of each of these options like the uh plastic grocery bag you know research and finding out the trash bag sales goes up who can do that who can do that on a moment's notice who can make that kind of decision when the world around us and the news around us is in many cases you know saying oh well you got to get rid of straws and you got to get rid of this and you got to do this and and so on or don't get rid of anything. None of it matters, which is, of course, the wrong way, too. So, Tom, what were you going to say? I want to hear this. I want to see where you got this research, Britt. <laughs> I'll be glad. I'll, we'll put it in the show notes. Okay. Uh, I, I don't. I think there are many, 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 many other reasons besides just greenhouse gas emissions to get rid of plastic bags. And if you want to see that, come live in Shawnee. There's plastic bag. There are plastic bags everywhere, and I I know the owner of the uh, landfill here, and he said they can't contain them. They're everywhere, hmm. and they're blowing all over the place. They have to put up bit bigger and bigger fences. Um. Right, anyway, but, but there's always plastic bags, right? So that's the kind of thing too, and that's where I I almost feel like it's kind of a complacency um, out of out of like just pure confusion comes into play. Um, well, I think, I think there's a human, I think there's a human aspect to this. Like we, you know, we, we feel like we need to do something and I get it. Like in the yeah, midst, right, right. In the, in the midst of saying, you know, we, we understand that the, you know, I mean, I, I do believe that there is, that there is a, that, that, that climate change is occurring. Um, and there is this just innate human need to like, I've got to do something about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but are the actions we're taking actually solving the problem or are they making us feel better? So where do we go? So where do we go as Christians too? Because the other side of this is I think that, you know, I mean, and we talked about this last episode too. If something of this is said from a podium, a pulpit on a Sunday morning, whatever, it's heard as a political 
talking point in a lot of times, right? right? And so instead of that, how do we go back in, and this word is loaded for a lot of people, reclaim, revisit (laughs) this in a way that's helpful. And so, um, and you know what, I'm going to stop there. What is your... (laughs) What are your thoughts on that? Because, I mean, even after we've talked for 20 minutes now or whatever it is, I'm kind of confused. I'm like, uh, <laughs> where do we go? So how do we reach across the aisle and say, hey, let's work towards this? And what is that? I mean, I, again, it's maybe an unanswerable question. Well, where we can't go is just to... We can't just say, let's jump on board with one of the parties and just, we're going to be along for the ride no matter what happens. Sure. That can't, that can't be the solution. And I feel like that's what we've chosen now. Right. You're either left or right, and so is your Christianity. Right? Right. Yes. Right. And so, and that's, and so maybe, we, maybe the start is to sit down and agree that we don't do that. Um, I don't know. Keep going, Tom. I'm sorry. It's not a popular word in the evangelical world, but I think the first question after, if we, if we could somehow make that happen, would be that there's a real call to, I mean, if you read the prophets, if you read mm-hmm. what Jesus constantly said to the Pharisees, there's a huge um, call to justice in Scripture, and we have to ask the question, how are our climate policies or our lack of climate policies affecting justice for the people who have no influence and no power in the world. And that needs to be a big question that we ask. All right. Tom, uh, Everett, that jumps into what you had kind of talked about too, is like who's actually affected by these decisions. um, Yeah. So, so, I mean, yeah. so, So, I mean, so two quick things. I mean, one is CO2 emissions in America are lower today than they were in the mid-80s, right? So through technological advances, even with population growth, economic growth, all that, we are producing less greenhouse gases than we were, you, you know, 30 years ago. Okay. Um, and so, so, that, so, so one is understanding that the bulk of the problem is not in developed countries, say, Western Europe, America. The bulk of the problem is in developing countries. China, India, uh, that, you know, 90% of the plastics that make its way into the ocean come, you know, from China and India. Um, most of the pollutants are coming from that area. So there's part, so, so, so what happens and what ends up happening is. I want to that, say something about that when you're done, Everett. Um, is that that there's an initial there's an immediate reaction of wait a minute we've already been doing our part um and so how do we how do we how do we convince people to fundamentally change the economy in which that they are used to and they're earning their money from um and i think that's a really i think that's a really hard thing to 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 do yeah i agree i agree but are China and India polluting the way they are because they're making our crap? <laughs> <laughs> and and I you that know, was and figurative. 
yeah, I think that's and I think that's a complete. I think that's a com a, a a fair a fair question. Right, right. I mean, if we didn't, to me, that's that's a false argument because we live in a globalized economy, and the engine driving that economy is us, mm. and mm. we are paying them to make all this crap, and we are paying them to do it because they can do it cheap. Right, because we want disposable garbage. We want to be able to get rid of all our clothes every three months, our shoes. We want to trade in our car when it has twenty thousand or eighty thousand miles. We are, and we want them to supply us with that stuff. And it's not just the environmental impact of our decisions; it is the um, there's children having to work in those factories to produce our disposable clothes and our toys that go in our Happy Meals and our plastic, all this stuff. And it, it's, I feel like that's, we have to address our desire to consume. And uh, I mean, after 9-11, George Bush said, go shopping. Hmm. There ha it we we have to do something about that that attitude. I don't know what we do about it, but and 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 I think that that's and and I think that's that's really where the the answer lies is you know we sort of we we sort of dance around the issue and what is the what's the environmental change that we're going to do? But the real answer is. Um, is chain is is rightly ordering our desires our consumption our consumption we're worried and about what we car carry our as as i'm going to stick with this our stuff in we're worried about what we carry it in when, when in reality we should be worried and concerned about the stuff we're getting to put in the plastic bag and so on right hmm. we just um, we had to switch cell phone carriers and my wife's uh phone had broken wasn't working and so she was getting a new phone and she got one that was two models old that was cheap and but but two or three steps up from what she had and the salesperson said but seriously you're just going to want to finance this because you're going to want to know a new phone in three months <laughs> and she said no i'm not i had that phone for three years and uh <laughs> i just was blown away by it what <clears throat> and 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 to the degree in which um, sort of environmentalism then becomes a product, a consumable product. Sure. Um, and um, you know, and 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 so I think that the the core of it is 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 changing one, the way that we relate to our food. Hmm. Um, and because a lot of greenhouse gases are are created, um through, um, you know, factory farming, um, and two is learning how to consume fewer things. What's sorry. Um, e, what is because, because you go ahead. Sorry. What, like Matt, like Matt, like mass So mass production of, um, of, of animals or, Oh, okay. Um, okay. Slaughterhouse, agricultural thing, goods, whatever. things like that. I got you. Um, okay. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Um, interesting. 
the chicken houses, stuff like that. Um, yeah, fish, fish hatcheries, so on. I guess kind of thing. Yeah, because I mean, so when you do that, it 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 you know you you instead of using kind of best practices around land use, um, open open ranching and things like mm. that, um, we you know so it it the the change that really needs to happen is the way in which Christians choose to consume goods. I like that. That's that's a good solid. <laughs> It, it, not too difficult statement, even though I'm going to need both of you to write up a, a white paper on how this is done. <laughs> oh, lots of people have. Have they? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I would love to and, see and, one because it, it does. I mean, even after all this conversation and, and Everett, I think you what you just said, I, I do. I think that could we could put a pin in that and mark that for this top, this discussion. Uh, but you just it's just confusing. You know, it really is. It, it just, and that breeds complacency. And that's, and that's where... how, so we, we sit there and we argue over, like, like Tom and I did, about, you know, single-use plastic bags. Right. And, and in, in reality, as Tom said, the issue, it may not be the, the, the single-use ba- single bag. It's the stuff that we're buying to put in the single-use bag. Yeah, right. Um, because there's not a, there's not, Goodwill, it's estimated, like, destroys, like, 80% of the stuff that's donated to them. because oh, don't just tell not me a, that, Everett. Yeah, there's not, there's not a market for <laughs> our used crap. I've got stuff in and, the garage to go there right now. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 mm. yeah. Wow. That's convicting. I admit, I'm, I'm planning a run to Goodwill tonight, man. <laughs> <laughs> so I can't lie. But here's the here's the answer, Justin. Go take that stuff. Great. Some of it's going to be given away to someone. Yeah. Some of it's going to be destroyed. But don't replace. Don't use it as an excuse of well. Yeah. Look at all this room we have for more crap. Yeah. I have shelves that are empty now. Fill those things up. That's right. That's right. <laughs> this is where I'm going to uh, step away and shift the blame to my wife. Uh, you all can call Ginger and and tell her I went on record here. <laughs> <laughs> she can probably hear me right now. <laughs> you need right. a couch to sleep on, Justin. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, you know what? I'm happy we're, with where we made it to. Uh, uh, we solved the environmental problem. We did. We're, man, pat ourselves on the back. Um, but really, I mean, I, it's it's something to think about. Um, and I've got lots of underlines and circles under this stuff on my notes here, so I'm really gonna remember this. <laughs> um, you know, I, I so as we're going through this, I'm I'm thinking, I'm like, man, we are really just beginning the conversation on this, and 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 um, which is one of our taglines to get us out of answering any questions. <laughs> With solid a answers. really a really great book for Christians to read is a yeah. book by William Cavanaugh called Being Consumed. Being Consumed, okay, great. And sort of how um, um, it, it's it kind of is rooted in the um, Augustine school about desire, how desire is formed, particularly when it comes to buying choices and buying decisions. Hmm. Um, and so I would encourage everyone to read being consumed and I make no money off of that. (laughs) Ding. (laughs) Tom, did you have anything to add? I do not. You know, I think that, um, 
I think that where um, we rounded it up and and um, Everett's line that I now I have to go back and listen to unless you can repeat it, Everett. <laughs> but just a, a, the matter of our consumption as Christians is what can. Um, Bye, Everett. <laughs> Everett says I gotta go. <laughs> um, but as as Christians, if we um, are to sit down and and think about what we're consuming and what probably more so from me myself and admitting is what we are replenishing in that, um, I think that in a place when we are looking to, um, as the Genesis you know poem story says, is we are given dominion. And are we using it to the best of our abilities, um, or are we just consumerist in that world? And so I think that's a good place to start. Um, I think it's where I'll begin myself on my reflection on this. So I hope you do that too, and and I always invite you to do this in community. Uh, Sit down with others because... You know, we, it's just better to bounce it off of people, just like we're doing here. I mean, this is all this is. It's just conversations we would have had at a coffee shop if the three of us were there. So, we, as always, we thank you all for listening. And may the peace of the Lord be always with you. Thanks for joining us today. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook at, at FunDrainPod. We'd love to hear your comments on our episodes and also suggest future episode topics also if you enjoy what we're doing go on to itunes and give us a review please thanks a lot